Thanks for tuning in to the Feed Cheap Podcast, dedicated to help you hear God's voice, follow his lead, and thrive as a disciple. I'm Dan Schilling, your guide on this adventure. So glad to have you with us today. Let's dive in and discover that path to a thriving life. Hey, welcome to Feed Cheap Podcast. We're back again. Uh, we had a rich discussion on our previous episode and decided to break it into two episodes. And so I just want to encourage you today as we pick back up with the second part of this discussion that Michael and I had is we're looking at the story of Hezekiah and 2 Kings. And it's just a, an amazing journey that we see this king who was one of the kings of Judah who was following uh, the ways of God closer than many of his predecessors and how God intervenes in his life because he placed his trust. It says that he trusted God like no one before or after. And we're going to see how God intervenes and comes to his uh, rescue, if you will, because he placed his trust in hope. And I know you may be facing some things right now. You think I need that type of intervention by God. And so we want to encourage you on your journey, building those trust muscles and seeing God work in you and whatever you're facing right now. So we want to help you here, follow, drive. So let's pick up on our discussion. Interesting, because Deuteronomy also has the same, I said before you, life and death, choose life. I heard a guy say this one time, it's like God gives you a multiple choice test and then gives you the answer. I said before you, life and death, <laughs> choose <laughs> life. A, life, B, death, choose A. And yet, what happens is the majority of us still choose B, which is I'm going to do it the way of the world or do it my own way. And interesting well, enough, this king, th this messenger says, hey, choose life. Choose right. the way of the Assyrian. That is life. Your God's way, Hezekiah's way, that's death. And we know that the reality of this promise, what conquered nation is given this, right? That's not, oh, hey, we're going to come treat you so well, <laughs> slaves, right? That's... The reality isn't, it wouldn't be anything like that. But you even see the picture of the Israelites as they leave Egypt as slaves and they're groaning to Moses in the wilderness and saying, pretending like they had this posh, comfortable lifestyle with grain and herbs and food. And yeah. like, you guys were slaves. like, And we were beaten and they made us like make <laughs> 10 times as much when they got mad. And wait a minute. And the promise is, is never as good as it seems. A promise, a false promise and not in the the ways of god but in the ways no, of no, man. No. the promise of the world like the promise yes of, do it yes. this way don't depend on that and you're going to have everything you want like why would you want it's like the promised land versus egypt we'll go back to egypt that's going to be better no the the vine and fig tree is in the promised land yeah but the devil's still trying to do that same thing with us today and yeah, the absolutely. culture and the world around us like the deception oh you don't want to be like those christians because that means your life's gonna be terrible i mean you're not gonna have all the fun things of life and you're not gonna get but again maybe i don't have all the what people call fun things but as we've talked about helping people hear follow and thrive and as we want to be on that journey here follow and thrive that thriving is not found in all these temporal comforts they're not bad things to have, but the, the thriving actually comes when we are putting our hope, our trust, walking in a hear and follow relationship with the God of the universe. Right. Choose life instead of death. <laughs> but <laughs> true life. True life. It's ironic. Right, so let's keep going. What's he going to continue to say next? Um... <laughs> let's see. I right, don't listen to Hezekiah when he tries to mislead you by saying the Lord will rescue us. Have the gods of any other nations ever saved their people from the king of Assyria? 
What happened to the gods of Hamath and Arpad? And what about the gods of Sepharvaim, Hena, and Eva? Did any god rescue Samaria from my power? What god of any nation has ever been able to save its people from my power? So what makes you think that the Lord can rescue Jerusalem from me? And the people were silent, did not utter a word, because Hezekiah had commanded them, do not answer him. And then it says, then Elikiam and the son of, son of Hilkiah, the palace administrator, Shebna, the court secretary. These guys get their resumes read a lot, apparently. I didn't, yeah. I yeah. Know why it <laughs> repeated so many times. And yes. Joah, still the royal historian, son of Asaph, went back to Hezekiah. They tore their clothes in despair and they went in to see the king and told him what the Assyrian chief of staff had said. Yeah. Another continued assault. Don't believe in a way of saying, we are the supreme authority. We rule and no one else can. So don't be foolish. All right. It's like that somebody who's negotiating with you, trying to tell you who your identity is. And what's interesting to me, as I think about this for a second, Michael, is Hezekiah raised by a mom whose name means my father is the Lord. And when you know who your daddy is, Hezekiah probably had a real good understanding of knowing who God his father was right? as a protector, as a provider. And then these things probably even from his mom, presupposing this based on who her dad was and who she was and maybe who she had and how, who, what we see in him in his early days of his reign of, as king and what we're going to see from him here in chapter 19 and how he responds to this essentially assault mm -hmm. that's being threatened upon them. Yeah. And, and I think that choosing life and death, the, the importance of understanding where life is, is so important. And so if his picture is his father and he knows his father and he's pursuing that, then that's, that's a very different picture than thinking that life here and now is where you're going to find whatever it is you're looking for. Again, thinking yes. about the passage of Abraham and Isaac and the passage of all these people, it says they were seeking a better country. That is a heavenly yes. one, right? They're seeking something else. Their hope wasn't here. And they were going to the place where God is preparing a city for them and a place for them. And if you understand that as life, then these things of, I'll give you your honey and your food and whatever you want here, but you realize well, that's temporal, even if it satisfies yes. me for a moment. Uh, and so we, we have to come back to that. I have to know God is my father. God is trustworthy and trust the promises that he's given. And when these things come into our life, as we're going to see here next is where do I go? I run, you know, when I'm on the playground and if I know my dad is not too far away and somebody's threatening to beat me up, I go run into the safety or the shelter, so to say, of his wings, right? Like he, just so what I love about this next thing is this is what we see Hezekiah do. And so let's pick up here yep. in verse one. Now, this is Second Kings 19, verse one. All right. When King Hezekiah heard their report, he tore his clothes, put on burlap and went into the temple of the Lord. And he sent Elikiah, the palace administrator, Shebna, the court secretary and the leading priest, all dressed in burlap to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. They told him. This is what King Hezekiah says. Today is a day of trouble, insults, and disgrace. It is like when a child is ready to be born, but the mother has no strength to deliver the baby. 
But perhaps the Lord your God has heard the Assyrian chief of staff sent by the king to defy the living God and will punish him for his words. Oh, pray for those of us who are left. After King Hezekiah's officials delivered the king's message to Isaiah, the prophet replied, Say to your master, this is what the Lord says, do not be disturbed by this blasphemous speech against me from the Assyrian king's messengers. Listen, I myself will move against them, and the king will receive a message that he is needed at home, so he will return to his land where I will have him killed with a sword. Yeah, so (laughs) what we're going to see here in this next uh, portion is the outcome, but just for a second, let's look at these here as we kind of process through what we want to see in each of our lives of building our trust muscles. So the first thing that we really saw is that he needed to ignore the naysayers, right? Sometimes you can't be, and not ignore like you don't hear it because obviously he's, oh no, this is not yeah. good. It's troubled. Struggle, but don't like, oh man, we're it's over. But he, the next thing I think that you see him do is he humbles himself. And these leaders also humble themselves. And, and that's what that, that place of tearing the clothes, <laughs> but on the burlap, that it's that place of, oh, God, that we have, we're nothing without you. Right. And posturing of our heart and have them then go. I think the next thing that I see here as a part of a, that process of building our trust muscles is to seek counsel. Right. And so in that era you the prophet go beseech him okay god speak to us what do you, how do you want to communicate your word to us in this season and that was there today the good news michael that we know is that we have a holy spirit we have had jesus who is the son make provision by his blood so that we can enter into the presence of god have that relationship with the holy spirit so we now can go and ask we don't have to go through not that we can't have people prophetically speak into our life still even today but that we can go get counsel from the most high when we're faced with a impossible situation because this is a pretty impossible situation (laughs) they're facing the superpower of the world at the time who's threatening them and they don't have many people it's not like they are a big nation big army so they know they're in trouble mathematically (laughs) or metrically right they know like we're not in a good spot yeah, they're not going to win. No. <laughs> yeah, it's maybe the trash talk isn't so good when you're that much better. It's like a varsity team trash talking a junior high team. You're like, good for you guys. You're, you're <laughs> great. You're going to beat up on a bunch of 12 year olds. Yeah. Like, yeah. The other thing here I think that is important to see is they didn't deny the trouble they were in. They, yeah. they admitted it and they mourned it and they went and said, we need help. And they remembered where their only place of help was and hope. And sometimes I think we get to these places where we need to be taken to a place where we literally, we have no choice because there's nothing else that will help us. There's no other solution we have. And I find comfort in these that God still is gracious to them. If it took that for them to turn to God and say, help us. uh, And he still helps them. Yes. He's drawing us even in when it takes us a long time to get to that place. We said this, I think, in the previous episode or two, maybe, that it's easy to say we trust God until we're put in a place where we have to trust him. And sometimes we have to be willing to allow God to take us to a scenario like this where you say, man, uh, there's no way. But God, God, if you don't show up, okay, great. I'm glad you finally recognize because the dangerous is when we think we don't. I I got this one. 
right. I can take care of this one. And we can see throughout the history of, of the Israelites, whether it's in the kingdom of Judah or, you know, Israel, that now they would get their confidence in themselves. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to send you off to another land because <laughs> you're not willing to just to trust me to be under my authority, to show your love and affection toward me and I show your love and affection towards these other nations, their gods, their protection, which is what like the whole thing about Egypt. We saw a little bit ago, like God doesn't want us to put our hope and trust in the things that are in the world around us. And he allows us, if we're willing to be taken to a place sometimes and say, okay, I got nothing else but you. Yeah. Because he loves us. And it's not, he wants to harm us. It's to bring us to a closer intimate relationship with him as our heavenly father. Yeah. Which is why it, it's so hard power and prestige and possessions and all of these things that can be used for the glory of God and can be used for good things to help humanity flourish, all of these things. But inherent in each one of them is the tendency to start thinking it's about me. It's about my provision. It's about my power, my whatever, and failing to remember Oh, wait, who gave it to me? Where Who put me in this position? And so that's the caution of so often we have to be taken to these places where we don't have those to realize that actually it is God who's doing it. And so we have a harder time seeing that when it's no, it's that guy in power. We need to go to him and ask him because he's yes. got the power. It's like, no, you've got the one in power. I want to land the plane here just to give a couple quick things and we're going to get to the kind of the crescendo of the outcome of the story, which is the probably one of the coolest things here. So Sennacherib is the king and he sends a message in verse 10. Don't let your God in whom you trust deceive you with the promises that we're not going to come take care of you. We're not in a good way. We're going to come eliminate right, you. Right, right. <clears throat> And you know perfectly well, verse 11, you know that we everywhere we've gone, we've done this, right? You know who we are. We always win. And don't believe on any of this other nonsense. None of their gods have ever rescued them either. And he lists a bunch of that. And then it says that Hezekiah receives this message, goes then after he gets that message and goes back to the Lord and prays and says, God, you are the God. You're the God of all creation. You're the, your kingdoms above all kingdoms. You're the created heavens the earth so hear what he's saying and you know this he's not thinking against us he's talking against you and he's acknowledging yes it's true they have done all this but you're god and so i, I just want to say this there's sometimes in our life when these things are all coming at us we're hearing all this and there's that i've heard people say that then there's it's but god can he's not limited he's not wanting us to but god don't you see all this like we said like with abraham god don't you know if i kill the son the promise is going to be hard to fulfill it isn't it but i am the giver of life and that's where i think that one part where it says abraham believed that he could that isaac could be raised from the dead it's okay god i trust you i'll i'll take that next step of my journey and my faith and i believe that's what god's always looking for us not from us he doesn't need it from us but he wants for us to experience because when that happens we have like you said in that hebrews 11 those moments that are those impressionable moments in us as clay right that just goes and we have a like that 700 families that turned away and like for us oh my gosh god you made a way and i didn't even know how impossible it was but you made a way where there is no way people can put their hope in all kinds of things. It's kind of what he's going on here to say, but you're the God who rescues us, takes care of us. Everybody will know if you take care of us in this situation that you God are the one alone Lord God of all the kingdoms of the earth. Mm -hmm. 
So I just, I love that. I love what he's doing there. And then we're not going to read through this. We're going to wrap up here. Isaiah essentially sends a message to Hezekiah and gives him, you all can look through that. Let's have you read 35 and 36, which is really fulfillment because as we read earlier, he said, I'm going to send him back to his nation. So let's pick up there. That that night, the angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. When the surviving Assyrians woke up the next morning, they found corpses everywhere. And then King Sennacherib of Assyria broke camp and returned to his own land. He went home to his capital of Nineveh and stayed there. We can see then the next part actually says that he was worshiping in the temple and his sons kill him, which was prophesied. But I, I, Michael, I can't help but think about this story. Every time I look at it, it just makes me smile to think, oh my gosh, these guys are military guys. I don't know if they're SEAL trained type guys, but they would be elite. You'd think soldiers, right? To some extent, these guys are battle trained, ready. And somebody even whispers, you're, you're awake. That literally in the middle of the night, 185,000 dudes that you're in, ready to go into battle with are life sucked out of them. And when you wake up, you didn't hear it. You didn't, not a peep. But God is the giver of life and breath. Literally, without even waking up, anybody can take the life out of 185,000. Not that I hope, wish anybody dead, but you say God's authority in our life, right. the protection for us to take care of us, that he can do anything he needs to do to show us that I'm going to take care of you. And truly fought on their behalf. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have any gold left. That was one part of what we skipped. They didn't have anything yeah. left to offer this king. All, all yeah. they had was to surrender and become slaves or yes. go out and be slaughtered. Like yes. that, Those were the two options. So they thought. It's like Abraham again. I have two options. Like I can ignore it, disobey God, or I can go kill my son. Those are my two yes. only options. Maybe God will do something. He had enough faith to know that God has oftentimes a plan we can't see. I just want to tie this up and finish today with this thought is these ways that our trust muscles are built are through humility, (laughs) through really repentance, turning from all those distractions of things that are trying to keep us from the things God wants for us, ignoring those things around us that are trying to distract us, the naysayers, the things that are trying to keep us from that, that we seek counsel, that we go and lay our burden before the Lord. We lay it from between at the altar of, of God, but also at the hands of other people around us and say, would you show me? Is there anything that I'm missing? Is there anything that, that I need in this journey so that my trust in him can be built? And then really the last thing I want to just mention here is that when things happen, that we thank God for the results. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes we just get to see a God's sovereign hand, whether it's I made a way for you, even though there were 700 other families who wanted to get in this school, or I'm, I'm going to take care of these 185,000. And that wasn't killing people to school, obviously, but uh, you know, like that he provides in a way that helps us to see that I am going to take care of and provide for you and everything you need. So yeah. final thoughts for us today. Yeah, and I'm just real briefly, I'm, I'm reminded of a, of a missionary story, Gladys Allward, and, and she was this basically housekeeper <laughs> who wanted to go to China and couldn't go over with anybody. So she bought a ticket and went. 
her story of even getting there is pretty miraculous. It was during the beginning of World War II and when uh, Japan invaded China and, and that type. So extraordinarily dangerous and violent. And here she is by herself, finds a woman she went to meet, and this woman dies. And she's alone in the remote parts of China and is trying to run this in to minister to people and all and has no idea how to fund it because no one even basically knows she's there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and she's thinking, how do I provide? And in walks the head of the governor effectively and says, you're my new foot inspector. Because <laughs> it became illegal to have bound feet at that point. Hmm. And, and he, she fit the criteria that he needed. And effectively, he didn't ask her if she would. It was a conscripting of this is what yeah. you are. Yeah. Uh, but it enabled her to go out to every, she had to go to every single village and every single farm and inspect wow. the feet. And so she got to share the gospel with every single person and every single farm. And just wow. think about the idea of this woman literally went with nothing. Like she went with two pennies and God provided in a, in a place that she had no resources to call upon. You got to imagine her family probably wasn't like, oh, great idea. <laughs> like you're a woman going, do you even speak Chinese? No, she like, didn't. <laughs> do you even have all the things in life, right? The practical things that you could say, what are you yeah. doing? And yet when we get to eternity, that to me, this is, that's another one of those Hebrews 11 stories that are continuing on, right? This isn't to try to make any of us feel guilty or condemned or we're not, but what things might God want to plant inside of us that are going to live far beyond us for the sake of his kingdom, not just to come, but what he wants to do inside of us. And that I guarantee you, even though there probably were some days she thought, well, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know? But in the midst of that time when she's getting to go around and share the gospel and do the things like, God, thank you so much. Thank you. I had no idea. And she could have just said, I'm, I could play it safe. I could stay at home. And just I'll go to church and go to my Bible studies. And not that you're wrong or evil, but I think God wants to show up in our life in a magnificent way. And sometimes we're keeping from because of this area of trust. I yeah. just don't want to see that happen. I don't want to see it in my own life. I don't want to see it in the lives of you, Michael, or anybody else that we're on this yeah. journey with. Yeah. Let me pray for us for the wrap Good. up today. Father, we thank you that uh, it is your desire for us to walk in intimacy with you. And God, today help us. We don't have the strength. Uh, we can't overcome these things around us, these things that seem so present, so real, like you, you're you going to get beat up if you go do this. You're, you're going to be hurt if you go do that. And so, God, we don't want to do these things because we think you're going to love us more or care for us more because we know that's already been established. But you want us to experience a greater intimacy with you and fulfillment of life. You want us to hear your voice and to follow your lead and thrive as disciples followers of you. And so God, have your way, lead us and guide us, help us today to draw closer to you in this way, just availing ourselves today where we're at. It might not be to go to China, but just today to be faithful with what you call us to. So help us, give us the strength to do that. We love you. Thanks for our time. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Feed Sheep Podcast. We'll see you again next time. Okay.